Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory Glory to you, John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestors. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats of false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Someone asked me last night, you know, as a as a clergy person, you know, how do you do the Christmas tree? Noticing this is the season of Advent, and and kind of wondering if I have conceded with the rest of our country, and I let them know that yes, that our family gets the Christmas tree as well right after Thanksgiving. So it's okay if you've done the same, just giving you permission. And I will make sure you know I'm not going to give the sermon that John the Baptist gave this morning either, so you're, you're safe there as well. Um, and in fact, in our house, beginning the day after Thanksgiving, whenever I walk into the room where the TV is... It is on a channel that is playing Christmas movies. A lot of them are the, the Hallmark movies that we've gotten from Netflix. And they're playing all the time, nonstop. The kids are all about the Christmas movies. So when I came, uh, when I came into the room the other night, I just assumed 
that is another one of these wonderful Christmas movies. And there was this family that looks like the iconic American family with the picture-perfect home that's you know, two stories, probably like five and a half bedrooms in the suburbs of Chicago, the way that, that Hallmark portrays um, the American life. And, you know, the, the husband and wife are all holding hands and singing Christmas carols, and they're getting presents, you know, for their child. I'm like, of course, this is going to be another one of these movies. And so I start watching it, and, um, and then all of a sudden the phone rings, and the dad in the, the, dad in the movie answers it, and it's his little brother... And I'm kind of watching this. His little brother's got a, a baby on his chest. He's like, hey, somebody just dropped the baby off at my house, and I'm going to be a dad now, so will you come for the baptism? And he's I'm like, this is not a typical Christmas movie. And he's got a, uh, a blender, and he's putting in a burrito in the blender because he doesn't know how to make baby food. I'm like, where is this going? And, and then it just it keeps on going. I'm like, Ann, what are you watching? And she looks at me, and she goes, Merry freaking Christmas. Like, what did she say to me? She's like, no, it's the name of the movie. And I swear this is going somewhere. Uh, and I'm totally captivated by the story. I'm going to share it, and there's a reason that I'm sharing the story. So, the, um, the, the picture-perfect dad, what you realize is he has a horribly broken relationship with his father. And so they have to make this journey up to Wisconsin, and you go from the two-story house to the house that's probably more like many Americans live, but Hallmark would never portray, and they're trying to show just, the, they're trying to show complete dysfunction. There's all sorts of family system works and addiction at play within the family. And he has this really, really broken relationship. They forget the kid's present at home. He rushes home, and um, his, his dad's been carrying this picture of his family uh, with him in his wallet. And the son, the one that's the model, um, the, the model uh, human being as we're supposed to see, when the, when the dad or the grandfather gets to the house, he sees the same picture, but the son's cut his dad out of it. And so it's this recognition that the perfect guy has something, there's, there's some brokenness that exists with there. And so it actually kind of turns into that kind of hallmark feeling in a dark, dark way where there's kind of reconciliation and they move forward and it's humorous and all of that. But I share that story with you because I think that we fall into that same trap as the dad who wants to cut his father out of the picture. We want everything to be perfect. We want everything to feel like it is picture perfect, and especially during this season of Christmas. We want to have the right displays up. We want all of the family that can gather to come, and we want everybody to be happy. We want people to get presents. And that is not the reality that almost all of us exist in. In fact, I don't know about you, but I find this season to be one of the most challenging seasons of the year. There are loved ones that we deeply mourn and miss, and all of those experiences and stories and memories are drawn up, or there's relationships that we long for that that need to be repaired, and the holidays just remind us of that. And so I actually think that Merry Freaking Christmas is a much more honest and real Christmas story because it speaks to, to where we are in our lives. You know, and maybe that's okay. That we cannot be perfect, nor should we be. And in fact, the kind of wounds that are often drawn up 
are just the things that we need to share with other people for grace to happen. I'm struck in, um, in the gospel reading today, it's a hard reading to hear, John the Baptist is, is criticizing the soldier and the tax collector who, um, if, if you're kind of paying attention to what they're doing, is, is they're taking a little bit more off the top. It's not that tax collecting or, or, or being a soldier is wrong, but they begin to, to take a little bit more um, from the community. And whenever I hear these challenging stories in Scripture, what I try to do is to put myself in the story. And unfortunately, um, usually where I find myself is often um, is the one that is kind of doing what is wrong. And so I say, you know, I think, what if, what if the tax collector sold are good people? What if they're really good people that just have the demands of life? And so they kind of slip into the norms that everybody else is doing. They're skimming a little bit off the top, or they're more focused, maybe, more focused on their own families than they are than the well-being of the community. They become focused on themselves, as opposed to focused on the community. They take a little bit more off the top because they want to provide for their family, and that's just what society is doing at that time. What if that's a way of hearing the scripture? So what John the Baptist is saying, no. This kingdom that is coming is never focused on ourselves. It is always outwardly focused on the entire community. I think there's so much pressure for Christmas, the season that we're preparing for, to focus on our own home lives, to have the perfect holiday season. And I wonder if the scripture is a reminder that the gift of God that comes down is not just for each of us, but for the entire world. And how do we respond to that? How do we share hope? How do we share love with those that are in desperate need of that message of love? How do we use this season to share God's love outwardly focused, never focusing entirely on ourselves? I'm struck with a collect today. The little prayer that kind of sums up the reading. And it says, because we're sorely hindered by our sins. So it acknowledges our brokenness but that brokenness lets God's grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us may we not fall into the trap of the father who wants to cover up all of his brokenness in order for Christmas but may we do that self-reflection during the season of Advent so that we can care for all of God's humanity May we see this season as a season that pushes us outwardly to share God's love with those in most desperate need to know goodness and love and light in this season. Amen.